Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. Oh, father time checked, so there'd be no doubt. Call on the north wind to come on out. Then cuff his hands, so proudly to shout. La di da, de la di da, tis all no. Trees say they're tired, they've borne too much fruit. Charmed all the wayside, there's no dispute. Now shedding leaves, they don't give a hoot. La di da, de la di da, tis all no. Then the birds got together to chirp about the weather. Mm-hmm. 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 And after making their decision in birdie like precision, turned about, whoa, and made a beeline to the south. My holding you close really is no crime. Ask the birds and the trees and oh father time it's just to help the mercury climb la di da they la di da tis all up what did you say i said la di da they la di da tis all up just one more time no la di da they la di da tis all up Father time checked So there'd be no doubt Call on the north wind To come on out Then cupped his hands So proudly to shout La-dee-da-dee-da-dee-dum Tis Trees say they're tired, they've borne too much fruit. Charmed all the wayside, there's no dispute. Now shedding leaves, they don't give a hoot. La di da di da di dum, tis Then the birds got together to chirp about the weather. Mm-hmm. After making their decision in birdie-like precision, turned about and made a beeline. South, my holding you close really is no crime. As the birds, the trees, 
father time It's just to help The mercury climb La-dee-da-dee-da-dee-dum Tis It's just to help the mercury climb. La di da di la di dum. Tis autumn. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The air is crisp, the weather is kind, and the trees are bursting with deep, rich, autumnal hues. I have been longing for days like this all summer long. If you're even a casual listener of this show, you know that my mantra is, summer ain't nothing but hot winter. And autumn is absolute bliss. Which is why we opened this week's show with not one, but two versions of Tis Autumn. And Tis Autumn, indeed. Tis Autumn, a 1941 jazz standard written by Henry Nemo, first recorded by the Nat King Cole Trio in 1951. And that's the version we just heard. The version that we heard immediately beforehand came to us courtesy of the late, great, Red Fox, and the late great Smiley Rogers. Without fail, every year around this time, I am reminded of that song. And I am taken back in time to when I was a kid and watching Sanford and Son when it was originally airing on NBC. As a kid, I think I saw this episode only once, but it stuck with me. Just these two old dudes reminiscing about old times and singing the song as if the years never passed. Every year, as I have gotten older and appreciated autumn more and more and have fallen out of love with summer more and more, this song means so much more to me. It's a song that I kind of tend to forget during the rest of the year. But come September, it pops into my head, and it's like seeing a glorious old friend that I'm just so overjoyed to see. Red Fox and Smiley Rogers performed Tis Autumn at the beginning of the episode entitled Brother Can You Spare an Act, and it aired on October 17th, 1975, Season 5, Episode 6, to be precise. With that in mind, there's probably a good chance that you know who Nat King Cole is, and you know who Red Fox is, but you maybe don't know who Smiley Rogers is. So I think this is a really good opportunity to take a little bit of a dive down the rabbit hole on Smiley Rogers. Well, first and foremost... Smiley Rogers was the name of the character in Sanford and Son. So to be more accurate, it would have been Red Fox and Timmy Rogers as Fred G. Sanford and Smiley Rogers. See, all these years, I thought the performer's name was Smiley Rogers. The character in the episode was named Smiley Rogers. Smiley Rogers was actually Timmy Rogers, who was actually born Timothy Lewis Ancrum. 
on July 4th, 1915. He left us way too soon on December 17th, 2006. Timmy Rogers, and that's spelled T-I-M-M-I-E, was an American comedian, singer, songwriter, band leader, and actor who appeared on many national TV shows in the 1960s and 70s. As a matter of fact, he was one of the first black comedians allowed to directly address a white audience when he worked. Before Rogers, African-American funnymen had to either work in pairs or groups, only conversing with each other, and they had to play a character, while popular white comedians like Bob Hope and Jack Benny were allowed to play themselves. Rogers was inducted into the National Comedy Hall of Fame in 1993 and is often referred to as the Jackie Robinson of comedy because he opened the door for other performers such as Dick Gregory and Bill Cosby. As a singer, he'd often accompany himself on a distinctive 10-stringed ukulele-esque instrument manufactured by the Martin Company called a tiple and that's spelled T-I-P-L-E. And this would, of course, include the 1975 duet with Red Fox on Sanford and Son when he portrayed a character named Smiley Rogers. That's what we heard at the top of the show. And as the men said, la-di-da, la-di-da, tis autumn. Hey, everybody, it's debts no honest man can pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and right about now, you're going, Greenberg, shut up about autumn and tell us what's on the show. Well, I will gladly shut up and then start talking again for the purpose of letting you know what's on today's show. So first and foremost, we've got a brand new solo record from Mac McCon. Mac, of course, the front person and one of the founding members of legendary indie rock band Superchunk. He is also one of the owners of the legendary Merge Records operating out of the Chapel Hill slash Carborough area of North Carolina. We've got a brand new record from Mac called The Sound of Yourself. It is the follow-up to his 2015 15 solo debut non-believers plus we are also going to nerd out over some really awesome rock shows that we had a chance to check out lately plus we are going to honor the 30th anniversary of two albums that dropped 30 years ago this past week i know that if you're a music nerd like me you've been seeing all kinds of articles about all the albums that dropped on september 24th 1991. Of course, that is the day that the legendary Nevermind by Nirvana was released. It was also the day that uh, you had albums like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, uh, A Tribe Called Quest's Low End Theory, Primal Screams, Screamadelica, Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger, and the album that I was most excited for at the time, the Pixies Trompe Le Mans. So with that in mind, we're going to do a little back and forth honoring the 30th anniversary of Nevermind and Trompe Le Mans. Never Le Mans, if you will. For the time being, a moment ago, I told you we were going to nerd out over some rock shows that we got to see recently. I want to take a moment to nerd out over the Outlaw Tour that I got to check out a little over a week ago when the tour rolled into Charlotte at the PNC Amphitheater. 
let's rewind a couple years ago when I went with my friends Don and Pete to the same venue to see the Outlaw Tour. Looking forward to seeing Willie Nelson. We got to see Old Crow Medicine Show and we got to see Sturgill Simpson and Willie Nelson was about to take the stage and at the last moment he canceled. Cue the symphony of sad trombones. We were able to either get our money back or get a ticket to the makeup show. And the makeup show did happen. And to make a long story short, for better or for worse, I decided not to go to the makeup show, mainly because it was on a Wednesday night. I knew if I was going to go to an amphitheater show on a school night, I was going to need the next day off. And I don't think that uh, scheduling the next day off would have been a great idea because I had already requested other days off in the surrounding time period. And I didn't want to be one of those guys who goes to the well too often. Plus, I would have attended the show by myself because my friends who went with me to the original show flew in from Detroit, so they already got their money back. And so I decided I I wasn't going to go. I kept my fingers crossed because, you know, at the time, Willie, mid-80s, not getting any younger. And so here we are. It's 2021. We have all survived so far. And they announced Outlaw Tour coming back. And this year, the lineup even stronger. Willie and Sturgill, Margot Price, Government Mule. Going into this, I hadn't really heard a whole lot of music by Government Mule. Super excited to have the chance to see Willie. Always welcoming another opportunity to see Sturgill. Always welcoming another opportunity to see Margot. Margot was awesome. Government Mule was awesome. Sturgill canceled! had uh, some uh, vocal issues. At this point, I'm kind of half-seriously, half-jokingly wondering, is the Outlaw Tour cursed in Charlotte? I hope not. So, regardless, finally got to see Willie. Willie, God bless him, 88 years old, finally got to see Willie Nelson. With that in mind, wanted to take a moment to nerd out over the Outlaw Tour and feel very, very fortunate to have been there. Uh, we're going to kick off the set with some music from the evening's opener, Margot Price, of course, back in 2016. Her debut Midwest Farmer's Daughter dropped on Third Man Records. 2020's That's How Rumors Get Started is her third album. Make no mistake, there is a miles-long list of reasons why Margot Price is so motherfucking cool. And one of the most recent additions to that list is that on this tour, Margot has started covering Leslie Gore's You Don't Own Me. When she performed it at Farm Aid, she said, We've been singing this for the women of Texas, but this goes out to anyone who feels disrespected. <laughs>
Smoke me when I die 
And if anyone don't like it, just look them in the eye. I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Now you won't see no sad and teary eye. When I get my wings and it's my time to fly. Call my friends and tell them there's a party come on by. Now just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. And if anyone don't like it, just look them in the eye. I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Been here long enough. So sing and tell more jokes and dance and stuff. Just keep the music playing, that'll be a good goodbye. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. And if anyone don't like it, just look on me in the eye. I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Take me out and build a roaring fire Roll me in the flames for about a knife Then take me out and twist me up And point me toward the sky Roll me up and smoke me when I die Roll me up and smoke me when I die And if anyone don't like it Just look on in the eye I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die. got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A hat trick of selections in that last set from the artists I got to see about a little over a week ago as part of the Outlaw Tour. Margot Price at the top of the set from last year's That's How Rumors Get Started and Twinkle Twinkle. Smack dab in the middle of the set, Government Mule 
from the Georgia bootleg box set. That is a sprawling six-disc set from Government Mule. We heard their interpretation of Tom Waits' Going Out West. Tom's original version appeared on his 1992 album Bone Machine. Government Mule formed in 1994 as a side project for guitarist Warren Haynes and bassist Alan Woody of the Allman Brothers Band, along with drummer Matt Abst, who played with Haynes in Dickie Betts' band. Haynes and Woody shared a common love of power trios, and that led to the formation of Government Mule. Woody passed in 2000. The current lineup is a quartet with bassist Jorgen Carlson and keyboardist, guitarist, trumpeter Danny Lewis. Wrapping up the set, Willie Nelson and Roll Me Up from the 2012 album Heroes. That also features Chris Christofferson, Jamie Johnson, and you guessed it, Snoop Dogg. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast and moving right along. We're going to spend some quality time with the brand new solo joint from Mac McCon. Mac, of course, the front man of Super Chunk and one of the owners of Merge Records. The Sound of Yourself just dropped a few short days ago. It is Mac's second solo album, the follow-up to 2015's Non-Believers. The new record is an album of ambient and pop gems featuring contributions from the great Mary Lattimore, Torres, Yola Tango, and Super Chunk drummer John Worcester. I've had the opportunity to spend some quality time with the album around the house, and I'm digging it. For me, it hits the sweet spot squarely between his more experimental outings with harpist Mary Lattimore and the more straightforward power pop-infused punk stylings of Super Chunk. So 
By virtue of the fact that you are currently listening, you need no further assistance finding the Debts No Honest Man Can Pay podcast. However, your friends may need a little assistance. In which case, be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things. Places like Apple, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, tell them we archive every episode of the podcast, and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. With that, let's get back to the show. A fistful of tracks from Mac McCon's brand new solo album, The Sound of Yourself. From Mac, we heard I Hear a Radio, Burn a Fax, Circle Around, Sleep Donor, and we wrapped things up with Dawn Benz featuring John Worcester of Superchunk and all three members of Yola Tango. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and right now we are going to spend some time talking about September 24th, 1991. Unless you've been living under a rock and or you do not pay attention to any social media or any kind of popular culture coverage, then you already know what I'm talking about. September 24th, 1991 has been recognized as a day where a lot of significant records were released. In addition to that, there's also been a lot of coverage about how the late summer, early fall of 1991 saw the releases of a lot of significant alt-rock records. But... A lot of that focus has been on September 24th, 1991. As I said earlier, it was a day that albums like The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, A Tribe Called Quests, Low End Theory, Sound Gardens, Bad Motor Finger, Primal Screams, Screamadelica, all of these albums dropped on September 24th, 1991. In addition to the fourth album, from Boston-based indie rock legends, the Pixies, Trompe Le Monde. However, the album that everybody is talking about is Nirvana's Nevermind. For most of the world, they had never heard of Nirvana until Nevermind dropped. I had known about them going back to 1989. I was a DJ at my college radio station when Bleach came out, and I spun it, I dug them, and even in the couple years leading up to that, there was a lot of talk about the Seattle sound, about sub-pop, about this sound that had not yet been named grunge. I had friends who were listening to Soundgarden and Mudhoney and were referring to it as sludge. I think that's a more apt description this heavy, kind of slow, sludgy, heavy, dark sound that had more in common with Black Sabbath than it did with any of the hair metal that preceded it. We were all about to witness a major turning of the musical tide, as hair bands and boy bands and mall pop would give way to something that nobody saw coming. At the charge was Nirvana. 
a band from Seattle led by a kid from Aberdeen, Washington by the name of Kurt Cobain. Like I said, I heard Bleach, I liked Bleach, but for me, the moment I knew that Nirvana would transcend the genre was when a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, played for me a B-side from Bleach called Aneurysm. And that was a jaw-dropper of a moment. And I thought, okay, these guys are onto something. But I also thought to myself, who the hell am I kidding? A band like this is never going to break through in any significant way. They're going to be a band that I am going to talk to people about at parties and go, dude, you got to check out Nirvana. And they're going to be like, I've never heard of them. This will be like 10 years down the road when it'll be one sad music nerd talking to yet another sad music nerd in the sad corner of a sad party. (laughs) What the hell did I know? We all know what happened. Just to kind of go ahead and uh, catch up on the facts. Nevermind was the follow-up to 1989's Bleach. It came out on September 24th, 1991, produced by Butch Vig, who at this point was the mild-mannered proprietor of Smart Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, and played in bands like Firetown and Spooner, and would eventually be the drummer of Garbage. Nevermind was recorded with Butch Vig producing at Smart Studios in Madison and Sound City Studios in Los Angeles. By the way, Dave Grohl, who at the time was Nirvana's drummer, would eventually produce and direct a documentary about Sound City Studios, which you can watch on one of the streaming outlets, I forget which one, and it's called Sound City, but I digress. The songs on Nevermind were influenced by the likes of R.E.M., the Smithereens, the Melvins, and the Pixies, who we're going to talk about in a moment. Nevermind reached number one on the Billboard charts in January of 1992. During this time, it was selling 300,000 copies a week. Ultimately, it went on to sell over 30 million copies worldwide. Smells Like Teen Spirit, the lead-off single, the song that is part and parcel of the collective conscious of the world. Smells Like Teen Spirit dropped on September 10th, 1991. So that's about a good two weeks before Nevermind dropped. And it peaked at number six. And just to give you an idea of how the other three singles performed, and these are all songs that remain today as staples on alt-rock radio, and at this point are probably staples on classic rock radio. Come As You Are dropped on March 2nd 1992 peaked at number 32 lithium dropped on july 13th 1992 peaked at 64 in bloom dropped on november 30th 1992 and didn't even crack the hot 100 how do the pixies play into this at the time that nirvana dropped never mind the pixies were an extremely popular indie rock band out of boston and at this point they had three albums under their belt and one ep come on pilgrim surfer rosa doolittle which to this day remains their unmitigated classic and bossa nova on the same day that nevermind dropped the pixies dropped their fourth album trompe le monde at this point i was a huge pixies fan i'm still a huge pixies fan point being 
The Pixies' Trompe Le Monde was the album I was looking forward to most on September 24th. I also happened to be as broke as a joke. However, my friend Tom, who I was roommates with at the time, happened to buy Trompe Le Monde the day it came out. And thank God, because I had a blank tape waiting. And while I wasn't able to actually buy my own copy, I had my own quote-unquote pirated copy and just played the shit out of it because I love the Pixies. Trompe Le Monde, which is French for Fool the World, was the follow-up to 1990s Bossa Nova. It was produced by Gil Norton, who had produced their two previous albums, Bossa Nova and Doolittle. Bossa Nova had just come out the year before, and Doolittle the year before that, so they were on a hot streak. Trompe Le Monde would be their last album before their 1993 breakup. It was recorded in Los Angeles, London, and Paris, while Nirvana's Nevermind went all the way to the top of the Billboard charts Trompe Le Monde only peaked at 92. Why are the Pixies so important? If you're a fan of the Pixies, then you already know. If you're not familiar, it boils down to three words. Loud, quiet, loud. This is the aesthetic, the fertile sonic field that the Pixies have plowed and tilled and cultivated and harvested since day one. They've influenced countless bands including but not limited to Radiohead, Weezer, and PJ Harvey. But more than anyone else, they left an indelible imprint on Nirvana. As a matter of fact, the whole loud, quiet, loud thing is so synonymous with the Pixies that the 2006 documentary about their 2004 Reformation is called Loud, Quiet, Loud. And it's an awesome documentary. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's a credit to them that they have remained together since 2004. Granted, Kim Deal left, but the Pixies still rage on. Having said all that, and with all this talk about September 24th, 1991... It's only fitting that we give it up for Nirvana's Nevermind, but I also felt it important to weave in some tracks from Trompe Le Monde to kind of give you a little context to also pay homage to another great album that came out that day. Now, keep in mind, as you're listening to this, don't try to connect the dots too hard. You might be able to hear, and you might not be able to hear. I would say if you really, truly want to hear the connection between the Pixies in Nirvana, I would go to Surfer Rosa, their first full-length album, or Doolittle. But since both Trompe Le Monde and Nevermind dropped on the same day, it's only fitting that we pay homage to the symbiosis that is the Pixies and Nirvana. Oh well, whatever. Never mind.
you've got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A six-pack of tracks in that last set, bouncing back between Nirvana's iconic Nevermind album and the Pixies' Trompe Le Monde. Both records dropped on September 24th, 1991, 30 years ago this past week. Nirvana, of course, a band that has broken all the rules, broken all the molds, and the Pixies, a huge influence on Nirvana, as well as a lot of other bands who have come since and before that. From the top of the set, we heard Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit, Pixies from Trompe Le Monde and Planet of Sound, In Bloom from Nirvana's Nevermind, Alec Eiffel from the Pixies' Trompe Le Monde, Back to Nevermind with Nirvana's Come As You Are, and wrapping things up with the Pixies from Trompe Le Monde and Letter to Memphis. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. Earlier in the show, we took the opportunity to nerd out over the Outlaw Tour show that I was lucky enough to catch a little over a week ago. Now we're going to conclude today's show, the last full set. We're going to nerd out over the Sun Vault show last Thursday night here in Charlotte at the Visualite Theater. If you're ever in Charlotte, the Visualite Theater is the place to see a show because it's a small theater. There's no better place to see a rock show than a small theater, especially when it's your first rock show at that small theater after the quarantine. Add on to that, it's a band that you've been a fan of for quite some time and have never seen live before. That's the criteria that went into the experience on Thursday night. I actually had tickets to see Sunvolt at the Visualite several years ago, and the day of the show, I'm not going to go into great detail, but let's just say it was an emotionally draining day, and at the end of that episode, I had nothing left in my tank to go to see a rock show. Did I make the right decision? To this day, I go back and forth on it. Regardless, I went ahead and righted the wrong of not having seen Sunvolt on Thursday night at the Visualite, and it was awesome. Here's a band still at the top of their game, and I was there to witness it. Sunvolt rose from the ashes of Uncle Tupelo. When Uncle Tupelo broke up in the early 90s, Jeff Tweedy formed Wilco, Jay Farrar formed Sunvolt. Jay Farrar has remained the constant of Sunvolt. They've got 10 albums under their belt. Electro Melodier is their 10th. It came out earlier this year. It's the follow-up to 2019's Union. Other current members of Sunvolt include former members of the Bottle Rockets, Blood Oranges, and Meat Puppets. Singer-songwriter John R. Miller, who opened for Sunvolt, has got three albums under his belt. The latest is Depreciated. It came out earlier this year. It's the follow-up to 2018's The Trouble You Follow. Taken from the bio on John's website, here's what he had to say about growing up in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia near the Potomac River. There are three or four little towns I know well that make up the region. It's a haunted place. 
In some ways, it's frozen in time. So much old stuff has lingered there, and its history is still very present. I just wanted to make music, and there's no real infrastructure for that there. We had to travel to play regularly, and as teenagers, most of our gigs were spent playing in old church halls or Ruritan clubs. While he was raised kinda sorta Catholic, he gave up on that as a teenager. However, he says, it follows me everywhere, still. Heavy heart, where's the crown? Don't be too hard 
now and then it keeps you running never seems to die trail spent with fear not enough living on the outside never seem to get far enough staying in between the lines hold on what you can waiting for the end not knowing when may the wind take your troubles away may the wind take your troubles away both feet on the floor two hands on the wheel may the wind take your troubles away virtue of the fact that you are currently listening you need no further assistance finding the debts no honest man can pay podcast however your friends may need a little assistance in which case be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things places like apple google overcast pocket casts Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, tell them we archive every episode of the podcast and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. 
With that, let's get back to the show. At the top of that last set, singer-songwriter John R. Miller from his third record, Depreciated. It dropped earlier this year from John R. Miller, We Heard Borrowed Time, followed up by a fistful of tracks from Sunvolt. I was lucky enough to see Sunvolt and John R. Miller last Thursday night at the Visualite Theater here in Charlotte from Sunvolt Electro Melodier which dropped earlier this year. We heard Arky Blue. Going back a few years to Notes of Blue, it made our top 10 the year it came out and back against the wall. Followed that up with a track from Okama and the Melody of Riot. It was their first after having taken a bit of a hiatus after Glow 61 from that album. Going back to Notes of Blue for Sinking Down, and we wrapped things up with a track from Sun Vault's 1995 debut trace and quite possibly the most comforting song ever written windfall hey everybody it's debts no honest man can pay my name is greenberg thank you so much for joining us we're here weekly on nrm streamcast and right about now we are going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kick things off with yet another autumnal song we kick things off with two versions of tis autumn one from red fox and timmy smiley rogers and the original recording by the nat king cole trio we wrap up with a different flavor of the deep, rich autumnal hues. I speak of late 90s indie rock straight out of Hoboken, New Jersey. Yola Tango has been doing what they have been doing since 1984 when they were formed in Hoboken by guitarist, vocalist Ira Kaplan and drummer, vocalist Georgia Hubley. They have been married for quite some time, perhaps the perfect indie rock couple. Bassist James McNew has been with them since 1992. They have dropped no less than 15 studio albums between 1986 and 2018. And in case you were sleeping during high school Spanish, Yo La Tango is Spanish for I Have It. There's a really awesome baseball-related story centered around why they named the band Yo La Tango. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I will encourage you to Google it. In the meantime, we are going to leave you with Autumn Sweater from their eighth album, 1997's I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. Not only is this one of my favorite Autumn songs, it may be one of my favorite songs, period. It's just when I hear this song, I love it. And when I hear this song at this time of year, it makes me insanely, ridiculously, deliriously happy. And I hope it has the same effect on you. And with that, everybody have a great week. Take care. Be safe, and remember, the dogs on Main Street howl, because they understand.
confess. 